Hello and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to our weekly Healthy Harrison podcast. Uh, this is a show, uh, those of you that have been with us before, uh, you know it's designed to help change our state. And by that, we mean change our state of health. We're a population that uh, all in all is, is not one of the healthiest in our country and Healthy Harrison is committed to doing things uh, to make it a healthier state. And uh, weekly, we invite guests on our show that, uh, frankly, are involved in that very same mission. Uh, I'm your host, Gary Bowden. We have a couple of co-hosts today. Our regular co-host is Amy Haberbosch-Wilson. Amy, welcome. Amy's the Executive Director of the Harrison County Economic Development Corporation and also the Vice President of Healthy Harrison. Uh, Brock Malcolm is also with us. He's co-hosted before. He sat in for me before. And uh, Brock is an attorney with Bulls Rice. He is the president of Healthy Harrison. So welcome to you, Bull. Uh, welcome to you. <laughs> welcome to you, Brock. <laughs> Thanks. And Happy welcome Friday, to Bulls everyone. Rice. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. know. They'll be happy yeah. to get the extra plug. Yeah. It's all good. We, we are streaming uh, this program live on the Healthy Harrison Facebook page as well as on the statewide distribution network of our media partner, WestVirginianews.com. Every week at this time, as I hinted at, uh, we, we chat with individuals who frankly are focused on the same mission as Healthy Harrison, that being to foster measurable improvement to the health and well-being of citizens here in Harrison County, North Central West Virginia, and across the state uh, of West Virginia. Uh, I forgot last week to add in a little quick health tip, and I threw one in for today, which is simply, I like to keep them simple, short and sweet. Simply get up. Uh, golly, we're so fixated on screens these days, whether it's watching TV, computers, cell phones, iPads. Uh, get up. Some of, the, some of those devices you can actually move around the house with a little bit. So walk around, check Check your emails while you're walking around the house or walking around the block. Uh, I would suggest you do that if you have an iPad or a cell phone, not necessarily carrying around uh, a desktop or a laptop. That might look a little silly, but uh, there are ways to do that. Get up and uh, go out and check the flowers in your backyard. Grab a bucket of water and water the flowers inside the house. They always need a little love. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do uh, just by getting up several times a day. Okay, today we are going to talk about uh, efforts to strengthen West Virginia's healthcare system, uh, and particularly in rural communities. Our guest today is Sharon Lansdale. Sharon, welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you very much. Uh, Sharon is the President CEO of the Center for Rural Health Development Incorporated. She joined the center in 1994 and brings over 30 years experience in healthcare, resulting from her work in both the private and public health centers. Um, uh, just another little bit of information, Brock informed us that he's on the board of directors for the organization. So that's why we wanted to have him here today because obviously he can share some uh, insights that uh, Amy and I might not be aware of. First thing we wanted to do out of the gate, Sharon, is ask you uh, a little bit about the Center for Rural Health Development. Not everybody's heard of that. What is it? Uh, what is its more specific mission? Where are you based? Yeah, uh, we're located in Putnam County in Hurricane, West Virginia. 
uh, we actually were created in 1993 and I joined as the first uh, private director of the center, been here ever since. Um, I'm actually a pharmacist and I've also worked in public health. But our mission is twofold, like you said. One is to improve the health of our residents and the second is to improve, strengthen the healthcare delivery system in West Virginia, especially in rural and underserved communities. We are a statewide organization. We have four major, major programs. On the healthcare delivery side, we are a lender. We make loans to healthcare providers for new buildings, renovations, startups, um, retirement succession planning. Um, we are one of only two healthcare related CDFIs in the nation, certified uh, financial development organizations, um, certified by the US Treasury. And then our second program uh, related to the healthcare side of our mission is our Institute for Healthcare Governance, where we work to strengthen governance functions of nonprofit boards of directors, especially in the healthcare sector. And then on the improve the health of West Virginians side of our mission, we're the lead agency for the West Virginia Immunization Network. Um, most recently, we were responsible for the vaccine COVID vaccination communications that you've been seeing throughout the state. Mm -hmm. And then Wild Wonderful and Healthy West Virginia, it works to create a culture of health in West Virginia's communities that supports health and well-being of the residents and creates a community environments that are supportive of um, small business and entrepreneurial development in those communities. And and that and that's all, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodness. That's all. <laughs> well, as a board director, a board member of uh, the Center for Rural Health Development, I can tell you, Sharon works incredibly hard, and and her staff is fantastic, and they they accomplish all of those goals with just what do you have, Sharon? Like three, four employees total. Um, five. Five now. Okay, yeah, five. Yeah, five. So we finally got her some additional help, but it's. It's amazing what they're able to pull off with a with a very small staff. Sharon, what led the the center to actually develop the wild, wonderful, healthy West Virginia? Um, we had seen the headlines indicating that West Virginia was one of the most unhealthy states in the nation. And the important part of that was these headlines were not on health publications, but they were on business related publications like Market Watch. Then um, also in the 2020-2024 West Virginia Economic Outlook Report, it recommended that economic strategies also focus on ways to improve health in order to attract new business um, to West Virginia. But what really caused us to act was when we saw data from America's health rank rankings that indicated that West Virginia had been among the 10 most unhealthy states in the nation since 1990. And it was at that point our board decided that we needed what we what we've coined disruptive innovation to move the needle on the health of West Virginians. We knew that the same approaches that we've been doing for years wouldn't work and we needed some new approaches. And so, actually since that time, sadly, <laughs> Um, our decision to move forward was reinforced uh, just this June. Uh, Medscape listed the best and worst states for physicians to practice medicine. And West Virginia was ranked dead last as the worst state 
mostly because it was considered the most livable and unhealthy state. Yeah, we've got so many positives and I read something like that and just cringe because it's, you know, we're trying to market where we've got a wonderful hospital system here and trying to promote that and, and grow our population to get the physicians and their families to move here. That hurts us. It does, it does. Sharon, uh, and we've, I think we've covered this in some of our past podcasts. I, I think a lot of us understand now that uh, a healthy West Virginia is not just about eating better and exercising more. There's so many other factors that come into play. It's not always easy for people to just automatically jump into these new lifestyles. And uh, the label I think you, you put on it is there are social determinants of health. What do you mean by that? Yeah, social determinants of health are sort of those wider um, forces and systems that shape conditions in our daily life. For example, according to Kaiser Permanente, only 10% of a person's health is determined by the health care they get, only 10%. 30% of your health is determined by genetics and that the remaining 60% of your health is determined by the conditions in the community where you live, work, go to school. Um, you've heard the saying that your zip code determines more of your health than your genetic code. Mm -hmm. And that's because of these social determinants of health that include, just as you said, physical activity, healthy eating, but also economic stability, the quality of affordable housing, access to transportation, um, walkability, bikeability in your community. And it's important that, to know that while people have, an, uh, have a personal responsibility to live a healthy lifestyle, but they can only make choices from the options they have available. So if they live in a food desert, it's yeah. difficult to choose fresh fruits and vegetables it, when your grocery store is the local convenience store. Well, what I'm also hearing then is it's important for organizations like yours to work with the community leadership, the folks that can help guide and direct their citizens and address some of these issues. Absolutely. This, <clears throat> this cannot be accomplished. We can't move the needle in the health of West Virginians uh, through the work of a single organization or even in a single sector. The healthcare sector alone cannot do this. It takes people working and it also, we have to work community by community. We're not gonna do this from the state level, from higher education, or frankly, from the Center for Rural Health Development. This work has to occur community by community. It's long work. You know, we didn't get here overnight. We didn't develop these health disparities overnight and it's gonna take us a while to get out of them. But that's where the work has, and it has to involve multiple sectors, all the sectors in a community working together. Yeah. You know, Sharon, I talk with a lot of physicians and, and one of the frustrations that you routinely hear from them is that they don't get to practice medicine as much as they're now expected to be social workers. And a lot of that is exactly what you're talking about. How do we get patients to the visits? How do we get them homes? How do we get them food? How do we free them from interpersonal violence? And those are those social determinants of health you're talking about. And that's why I think it's so important, groups like the center and groups like Healthy Harrison that are not just bringing 
health providers to the table, but looking to bring businesses and other service providers, because as you said, it's just a, it's a full continuum of care. And it's impossible if you're seeing a patient for a couple of hours total in a year to cure all those other, others, uh, other problems. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing in some other communities um, to, to activate grassroots efforts to make some of these changes? Okay. Um, I thought I heard something. <coughs> We've been working um, with other communities uh, through Wild Wonderful in West Virginia uh, beginning about fall 2018. But before then, we did a lot of research and we talked to others about their so-called models of change. But our goal was to develop a, a community health improvement planning process that would work in West Virginia's and Appalachia's most vulnerable, most challenged communities. We knew it would work in our larger communities, but if it didn't work in the communities that are suffering from decades of disinvestment, generational poverty, um, and greater health disparities, then we wouldn't move the needle on uh, West Virginia's health outcomes. So we began in 2018 with 10 communities. We trained core teams from each of that, those communities on how to conduct um, community health improvement planning. And so far we've seen some um, changes. We've seen one community who identified physical activity as their high priority area issue successfully for the first time competed for a U.S. Park and Recreation grant to begin renovations on a pond that frankly had grown up and wasn't friendly for families um, or children to recreate at. Another community which is focused on um, access to affordable quality housing um, is working to convert a vacant lot by that was created by tearing down some dilapidated houses um, into multi-generational community space. And that work should begin this uh, July and August this year on that community space. Another one focused on healthy foods um, is working to build a commercial greenhouse to serve their uh, food pantry so that the people that use the food pantry will have uh, more access to uh, fresh fruits and vegetables later in the season than they typically have. Another is creating a bike trail. Another is renovating a disc golf course and making downtown improvements because the, what they want to do is draw people in their town through recreational tourism. And then there's others. These are great. <laughs> yeah, that's all good stuff. You, you use the term community health improvement. How does that differ from what many people hear is population health. Yeah, um, well, first of all, you have to understand that compared, when we compare people, we've all seen statistics where the United States spends more on healthcare but has uh, uh, lower life expectancies. Um, and that's collectively called the US health disadvantage. And it hurts not only people, but it hurts communities, it hurts businesses Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the United States and in West Virginia. And the causes of that health uh, disadvantage, the U.S. health disadvantage, lies in the conditions in our communities. So when a health care provider, like, like you spoke of earlier, Brock, talks about um, social determinants of health of their patients, they're talking about population health improvement. For example, uh, like you said, providing transportation to and from a doctor's appointment 
um, after surgery. But when we talk about uh, health, um, health barriers, uh, uh, when we talk about transportation barriers, we're talking about barriers affecting the entire community. So we're talking about barriers getting to the grocery store, a job, or to healthcare. And in that instance, we're talking about community health improvement. And like I said, it can't be accomplished by a single organization. So the one hospital or the doctors, even all of them collectively can't address it. We have to bring the entire community. So our goal through Wild, Wonderful, and Healthy West Virginia is to help build the capacity of these community leaders to design and build a community to improve the quality of life for all who work, go to school, live in those communities. So that everyone in the community can is free to make choices from um, a variety of healthy, available, accessible, and affordable options in their community. Let me jump in real quick and recognize our sponsors because we wouldn't be able to do this podcast every week without them. Uh, podcast is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction, Meeting, uh, Interaction Media. Today we're talking with Sharon Lansdale, who's the president and CEO of the Center for Rural Health Development. And I want to jump down to Amy because we, I know that collectively we wanted to establish a link uh, be between community health and economic development. And that's right in your wheelhouse, Amy. So I'm going to let you jump in with that. Okay. No, it definitely is. And it, it makes it easy sometimes and hard. I think we just talked about that with, you know, the more that we have, the numbers are hurting us. They really are uh, where we rank. And it's difficult to get the companies um, to look at some of the positives because of these numbers. So Sharon, I guess back to you, the health of a community and the economic development community, what, what's the link between the two and how do you see that? Yeah, the unique thing about the center is since our beginning back in 1994, we've worked to define the linkages between health, healthcare and economic development. Because we know that when people and communities don't thrive, businesses can't thrive. And that's because the health and economy are inextricably linked. So to help solve what, what I said, this is called the US health disadvantage, business, government, and healthcare and other sectors must work together in the community to ensure that not only that residents have access to the vital conditions in their community that shape health and wealth and well-being, but also to ensure businesses, including small businesses, can thrive in the communities. Businesses, um, uh, for businesses, the U.S. health disadvantage increases healthcare costs, lowers productivity and competitiveness, and frankly, compromises business success and growth. So, and as that is rooted in our communities, we have to come together, the health sector, businesses, government, faith community and work together to make sure that those vital conditions can be met by our communities. Absolutely. How long has the center been working with these communities through this wild, wonderful, healthy West Virginia program? Uh, we began in the fall 2018, but prior to that, we did a lot of research on other models that were out there. Because um, like I said earlier, we wanted to develop a model that was uh, not that could be used in our uh, very small 
uh, economically challenged communities. And I've been working in rural all my life uh, since I've been here at the center. And um, when we say low resource, we mean low resource. Um, it actually sort of surprised me a little bit. And even though I've been working in rural communities the entire time I've been in the center. What are some of the results, the positive results? Can you give us a few of those examples? Well, like I said, um, one thing about the, our work is we don't want this to lead to another program or service. Frankly, we would like to eliminate the need for certain services. Like one of our communities had as their vision statement, the last backpack buddy program, uh, backpack was delivered in our community. And what they meant with that is that there wasn't a need for it, that people, you know, children in particular had access to healthy foods, that community uh, families could afford healthy foods and afford to feed, they had good jobs. And so that was sort of their vision statement. So when we work in a community, we focus on what we call policy systems and environmental changes. We want sustainable improvements in these communities that aren't dependent on future funding uh, to, for their continuation. So, you know, we're looking at policy changes, not only um, in the community and of course state government, but also in or within organizations as well. When we talk about systems changing, systems changes, we're talking about um, the way, changing the way decisions are made. For instance, if a community is getting ready to build a new elementary school, look at, you know, uh, there's a thing called health impact assessments, mm -hmm. which will impact, which will study the health impact of site A versus site B. And not that that should be the only factor, but let's at least look at the health implications of one site over the other and let that factor into how we make our decisions. And then by environmental changes, you know, these communities and many of our commu rural communities in West Virginia, and we believe small business, although will always be an energy state and manufacturing state, hopefully, um, small business is really the backbone of our business community. And um, so they people want to locate small business and thriving, vibrant communities. So looking at the infrastructure in those communities and reinvesting in the infrastructure in those communities is important. It's important to have um, complete streets so that you know improves the walkability and bikeability of the communities. It, it creates green space in a community where people can vibrate. Uh, and then you can have programming layered on top of that, but we, we don't really focus on the programs. A 5K walk run is great, um, but we wanna make sure that they have the streets that are amenable to that every day. I agree a hundred percent. How are we just now meeting? <laughs> yeah. Sharon, uh, really any strategy or initiative today, whether it's in business or uh, a nonprofit, just uh, community activities, uh, has a focus on measurability. I think people understand now that uh, you've got to, you've got to get in, engaged in, in activities, programs, initiatives that you can at some point see whether you're doing any good. How do you incorporate measurability into this wild, wonderful and healthy 
uh, West Virginia program? Mm -hmm. Well, first, we didn't get here overnight. The health disparities that are being experienced in our communities did not stop start overnight. COVID-19 highlighted the impact of those disparities, but we've already seen those, the impact of those disparities on the opioid epidemic and on chronic diseases, frankly, throughout our community. So the work we're doing is going, and I think our communities get tired of me saying this, but I like to be real about it, is this is long, hard work and long is the key with it. So yeah, we are seeing, um, uh, you know, visible, and I don't think you can measure, but visible infrastructure improvements going on in our communities. And then we hope over time that we will be able to measure um, improvements in the health status of the communities in which we're working on. But that won't happen in one or two years. It may not even happen in five years, but right. there's things that we can measure in the meantime that will let us know that we're on the right track. Mark, how did you get involved? I want to, I know, I'm just going to remind you again <laughs> real quick, Amy, about our uh, sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, the State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction uh, Media. We're talking with Sharon Lansdale today, who is the CEO and president of the Center for Rural Health Development. Okay, Amy, sorry. Well, no, I was, and I didn't mean to keep leaving Brock out as one of the hosts, no, but kind of wanted to ask him as well. How did you get involved in this as a board member? Well, so, you know, my background is I worked for a community health center. And so I, I've known Sharon for a long time, uh, more than 10 years. Um, as she noted, she, ha she has uh, one of the best governance conferences that you can have in the, in the state to attend, whether you're in healthcare or not. Um, if you have a, if you serve on a board or if you're an organization with a board, you ought to look at the, the Center for Rural Health Development. So because we'd had that relationship when I went out um, and began practicing, obviously I represent a lot of healthcare. My, my entire practice is healthcare. And so Sharon invited me to uh, ask me if I'd consider serving on the board and I was proud to do it. And so we, we were very excited about all of the uh, initiatives she's discussed. And I, I wanted to touch on another point, you know, Sharon's talking about the long, hard work and, and our board has dealt with those same issues. You know, we, we put on this health games program this past year, and it was, uh, it was awesome how much excitement we raised and, and how many people got active. But you know, when we talk with uh, experts about how long it's going to take to, to, we use the term bend the needle in with regard to um, obesity rates in our community, uh, you know, they're projecting, you know, eight, eight years before you'd see a real significant change. So people do have to, to understand that programs make very quick changes to a very small amount of people. And so what Sharon's talking about when we talk about at all of our um, steering committee meetings for Wild, Wonderful, and Healthy West Virginia is just how do we sustain um, people and their efforts and their attention and and, and so we face the same thing here with, with Healthy Harrison. How do we get people to buy into health, not for that quick 10 pounds that they want to lose, um, but, you know, so that they can be healthy um, into long their, term. yeah, long term. And, and, and we can make a change, not just for those who immediately say, I want in, but for the community at large, who may not even know that they're, they're being influenced by the decisions that are being made community-wide, right? And that's what Sharon's talking about. You may not say to yourself, I want to, 
lose 10 pounds, but if we have a sidewalk in your neighborhood, maybe now you take your dog for a walk every evening and, and, and you lose that weight organically because the opportunity to be healthier was just there and maybe it wasn't before. That's exactly right. And I'm, I'm very proud of our board because when we started this, you know, we talked about how long this work would take. And, you know, grant funding comes and goes. Mm -hmm. But as a lender, we um, earn revenue on our lending. You know, we, we charge an interest rate and we earn revenue. And the board said that we will sustain this work by reinvesting our profits from our lending not only to keep our loan fund operational, of course, but also to move this and other programs forward. Um, with all of our programs, we have, you know, we 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 benefit from grant funding. But what really strengthens our programs is that sustainable source of earned revenue that we invest back into each of our programs in, um, through the center. Well, one of the other things that really that benefits the, 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 the state is Sharon's willingness too to partner with other organizations. I mean, Sharon, I can brag on her, is really a, a bridge builder in, in these efforts. So she's working with the, the West Virginia Rural Health Association, and she's working with the Primary Care Association, and she's willing to work with the Hospital Association. And, and so she's bringing a lot of people to the table, again, the same way we're trying to do here locally in Harrison County. And that's why I wanted to, to have Sharon on to, to talk about how um, successful that can be because she's, she's obviously got a head start over over us and what we're doing here locally. Yeah, big head start. Yeah. Sharon, in your years of doing this, we mentioned how critical it is to have community buy-in, not just work person to person. Uh, have we reached a point where it's easier now to sell the message to community leaders and to businesses uh, as to how important this is toward their success in a community? Huh. Um, I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> I, I think a lot of our businesses and a lot of our leaders still focus on programs. I was working with one um, city government and the person knew me and he said, you know, Sharon, we've invested a lot in healthcare in our state you know, making sure that we have access to health care. And I said, yes, we have, but that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about community health. You know, like I said, 60% of a person's health is determined by the conditions in the community where they live, work, and go to school. You know, and that's not health care. Um, so I don't think we've quite got there yet, but um, we've got some, we're, we're working on that. Um, one of the things that we'll be doing is we're partnering with the, um, West, the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce and they're having their business summit in 2021, uh, uh, this fall in September. We're bringing um, the former Surgeon General of the United States, Jerome Adams um, to the business summit. And his signature report is on the linkage between community health and economic development mm. and businesses as stewards. So he targets his message to the business community. So we're hoping as a result of um, his presentation at a business conference and actually the follow-up meetings afterward that we will begin to make this case uh, with the business community throughout the state of West Virginia. But 
that'll be the first starting point. Great. Sharon, if, if there's viewers out there who are hearing all this and they're excited and they want to try to um, get a group together to formulate a project, I mean, what, what steps can people who are watching today who are interested in health and, and in developing the community, what can they do? Oh, well, as I've done with Healthy Harrison County, you know, we're, well, we're, we're willing to um, conduct a, an introduction to what we do and some of the strategies we use. And then, um, you know, we've developed what we call four capacity building trainings. And we've offered that to core groups, core teams within each community. Because our, our key here is to build the community's capacity. So many times when you have a new program, you build capacity to do this work but it rests with the Center for Rural Health Development. And I'm not in a lot of communities. I'm in one community here in uh, Putnam County. So we wanna build the capacity of community leaders to do this work over the long term. Um, we support them with the trainings, with webinars, with conferences. Um, you mentioned partnership with the Rural Health Association. The Rural Health, their annual conferences in October and they give us a track on, on Thursday, the second day of their conference, that we put national and state speakers on community health improvement um, topics um, at the conference. So that's available. And then Brock, you mentioned our governance forum, which is now called the Appalachian Health Leadership Forum. Uh, the Friday focuses on governance best practices, but those same leaders, board leaders um, of the organization are also leaders in their community. So beginning Friday night with the Rural Health Leadership um, Award Dinner and then continuing all day Saturday, it focuses on community health improvement topics for uh, those leaders that attend our uh, forum every spring. Let, let me jump in like the, the uh, assistant at the presidential press conferences and let everybody know that we're about out of time. So last question I'm going to uh, direct to uh, to Amy to kind of wrap us up, if you would. Oh, kind of put me on the spot there. Yeah, I put you on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> Amy, let me let, let me toss one out, and, and you can comment on it, and then Sharon uh, can wrap up. But but my mind sitting here going about the work of of Healthy Harrison and initiatives in our state of West Virginia. Uh, particularly in light of the changed work habits that developed as a result of the pandemic. You know, West Virginia is trying to recruit more people to our state to come and live and enjoy all the wonderful attributes of almost heaven. Um, it, it's so important that we have a healthy workforce, uh, folks that are, are going to show up for work every day, guys, people that are, you know, going to be dependable. And uh, you, you know, you deal with this on a, on a daily basis, you know, t tell us how important it, important it is to these marketing folks and the presidents of these big companies that come to Harrison County and say, all right, you know, sell us on your community. It's extremely important. No, I, it's what I stated earlier. Um, and I could sit and listen to Sharon talk for the next hour. I'm just, <laughs> it's great to hear that these are, these things are happening. Um, it's frustrating to see our numbers and where we rank. It is very, very difficult at times to market. We try to, we've got a lot of positives here. We've got a lot of other industries. You know, we, our aviation industry is huge. 
Um, we have a lot of jobs to fill. And in doing so, you can market Harrison County to a point to where you've got quality of life. Um, we've got the cost of living, we've got housing. You know, you're marketing all of this and all of our wins. And then it comes down to a few of these numbers that really kind of drop us down low. So I, I'm excited to hear all this that's going on. That's why I'm on Healthy Harrison Board, excited for all of this. But it is difficult. Yeah. It's difficult for the companies. Um, our companies here are, are stepping up too. They're doing things internally that we've seen through some of the podcasts already. Some of the companies are talking about what they've done in other states, other countries, what they're doing locally, how it's working, partnering with other companies. Uh, hopefully we'll see more competition. And my 30 plus years in community development, I love hearing that. I love hearing taking it back to the community, getting them involved. That's how it's going to last. And that's how it's going to be just not just, you know, hit it and go. It has to, you have to submerge yourself and get everybody in the community on board. The infrastructure that you talked about with the sidewalks. So I, I really don't have too many questions. I could just sit here and listen to you. <laughs> Sharon yeah. talk more. Well, let, let me go back to Sharon, uh, our, our guest, Sharon. I'm going to let you wrap us up then. Uh, you know, we've covered a lot of bases. We started out by uh, letting you highlight the many balls that you keep in the air at the same time. Uh, what, what's the most critical thing that we need to be doing, looking at day to day after all this chatter? Yeah, um, doing what you're doing, getting engaged with the various sectors in, in Harrison County, bringing them all to the table, including the community. You know, your, your residents are the ones that are experiencing the consequences of the health disparities every day. So we need to ask them, you know, how can we make improvements? You know, we talk, we say that, you know, having people with lived experiences at our table. And then we can develop effective plans and move forward. Um, like I said, this is hard work, you know. Uh, I will say that with our first communities, they were trusting and went along with it, but it took us till that third training. And after that, they were like, aha, mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. And now, you know, they, they, a lot of them are just going as gangbusters. Um, COVID impacted a few of our communities. Like I said, these communities have very few resources. So we're, but we're working with that and everything. So I would say, just take the long view really take the long view because this is going to um this is a movement in west virginia and this is going to take us a while to work our way out of um the health disparities generational poverty uh decades of disinvestment that our communities have experienced sharon thank you so much for joining us today i i want to remind our uh, our viewers that Sharon is the president and CEO of the Center for Rural Health Development in West Virginia. And uh, we appreciated you sharing some of your insights. And uh, I think it's obvious based on uh, discussions we've had in the past that uh, we're all kind of working on the same game plan. We might be taking a different railroad track to get there, but uh, uh, I, I think we are trying to do some of the same things and, and certainly uh, share those ideas that are working, hence our need to kind of chat with you today to see where you're scoring successes. But thank you very much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. And we thank all of you for joining us today on the Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal uh, to change 
your state of mind and ultimately, ultimately change the state of health uh, right here in our community and across the state of West Virginia. If you need or want more help right now, you can visit, visit healthyharrison.org or visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page. And of course, if you go there, give us a like. You'll find lots of support and you can stream past episodes of our Healthy Harrison podcast by going to our Facebook page. Again, a thanks to our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, uh, the State Journal, WestVirginianews.com, and Interaction Media. On behalf of Brock and Amy, thanks for joining us today, guys, again. Thank you. Um, thanks so much. Thank, thank all of you for being with us, and we thank uh, the entire Interaction Media uh, team because we, the three of us could not produce this <laughs> program on our own. We rely on, uh, on their help. Very quickly, uh, we do this every Friday, uh, at 12.30, and next Friday, our guest will be Drew Callahan. Many of you that are local know that uh, Drew is, the, uh, is new to our area, and he is the new general manager of the bridge, which is, is the exciting new um, uh, indoor Bridgeport Health Complex. So he'll be telling us about that and how it's going to help us uh, develop uh, a healthier uh, local community. Uh, join us each Friday at this time. We're going to inspire you to live life better and of course, live life healthier. Thanks again for joining us. See you next week.